Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by The Tate, it is Oscar season. Uh, we, it, as that pertains to college basketball, we are going to start getting a lot of commentary where guys are flopping, and then, uh, you, you know, we're, we're transitioning from it's cold outside, but the action's heating up in here. Uh, that cliche is going to start being phased out, and we're going to start getting the. Uh, well, folks, I know it's Oscar, Oscar season. season. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> folks, it's, I know it's, it's Oscar all, season, it's but come coming. on. Can't wait. Uh, so we, we have we have the Oscars. Check out the the Big Picture podcast with Sean Fantasy. Check out uh, all the articles about all the movies that uh, most of the people in middle America never saw, Tate. Um, yeah. So you <laughs> figure, build your opinion around the Oscars uh, by reading articles instead of actually watching the movies, right? That's, that's how it works in middle America because we sure shit are not going to go see these boring-ass movies, right? Right, Tate? Who's That's with pretty, me? Who's with me, guys? Yeah, a lot of people going to see Welcome to Marwin, just trying to get in on the Steve Carell chain. They're going to be upset about that. Uh, and then from there, <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of people talking about why is Spider-Man uh, in the Spider-Verse not going to win Best Picture of the Year? And we'll see what happens with that. But uh, <laughs> I can't I can't wait to talk about I saw, all these things. I saw the <laughs> Spider-Man movie. Season. I saw the Spider-Man movie with uh, one of my meathead friends who uh, is just kind of... Uh, We'll just call him like a Fast and the Furious fan. Like that's kind of his speed of movie is just uh, that. Fast and he was and he furious. was really that's his speed. He was really yep. he was really into the Spider the new Spider Man. It was awesome. And then as soon as like the Porky Pig character showed up, he just looked at me like, "What the fuck is it?" And then they had the anime version of the Spider. I'm I don't know if I'm spoiling this for anybody. I'm sorry. I should have said spoiler alert, but I think this is like common <laughs> knowledge that they have all these characters already in the trailers and shit. Yeah, you Google uh, it and you see it was really on Google Images. It's fine. Everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. That's not really that doesn't really spoil the movie. Um anyway, uh where where was I? I was plugging the Oscar stuff. Go go read the ringer.com for Oscar stuff. Also, uh check out Bachelor Party with Juliet Littman Tate. Uh this is uh I'm back on the Bachelor this year. I don't know why. I don't know uh what what it is that got me back in. Maybe it was the virgin thing hooked me. Um I thought to myself, I was a virgin once. Um I can relate with that guy. Uh so Wait, I started I started watching this season. I'm back into the Bachelor. <laughs> So it's kind of uh, crazy yeah, to think that that both Kyle and I, Kyle, you've produced the Bachelor Party podcast before, right? Yeah. So we both had to we've had to watch the Bachelor for work purposes before, and I think mm -hmm. that is uh, that is such a weird thing because most people just go to work and then they have to watch the Bachelor with their significant other when they get home. So for Kyle right. and I to be sitting at home by ourselves watching the Bachelor was real. It was a real dark time, I think, for both of us back in the day. So, so I don't know about on. you, but I'm a little bit. <laughs> you 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 had a great time. Is this guy a virgin? The Bachelor this year? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is a virgin. I watched I watched That's an episode with my girlfriend the, the other day, and that guy's a virgin. All right. This yes. guy is the virgin, Kyle. This is this is the hook for him. Is that so uh the the Cassie girl is is the girl that's like in the lead. Never been kissed. Um and and no 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 no. She she's definitely been kissed. And he <laughs> he basically is just trying to bait. They just went she's on a date kissed. and they just went on a date where they were just in the water, basically like humping each other. And uh, then they, they actually, they literally went to bed together and they apparently didn't have sex, but they were just a lot of heavy petting. Yeah, didn't and inhale. He didn't inhale. And, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. He didn't inhale. I know. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, yeah. But, but like she's in the lead almost exclusively because this guy really wants to bang her and he's a virgin and it's, it's, it's a great show. I, I can't, I can't stress it enough that like. I don't know. We'll move on. Go check out the Bachelor Party. It is actually a good show. I actually do like the Bachelor. It's like it's not a it's not a feminine show at all. It's like the the most hysterical thing ever. Um, it's the most absurd premise. 
I I will always defend. I do not I do not feel like my masculinity gets challenged for watching The Bachelor. Because if you if you challenge someone's masculinity over that, then you have no idea what The Bachelor actually is. Um, and that one's on you. That's a reflection of your character, not mine, buddy. Uh, anyway, let's talk about college basketball, Tate. You want to do that? We have some stuff we yeah. got to get to. It is a, it is a casual wait. Friday. Um, we we will get to some of the, a handful of stuff. We have one very uncomfortable conversation that we need to have about a a certain person who was on this podcast not too long ago. Um, America is calling for our heads. They, they're they're questioning our journalistic integrity. Uh, so we're going to talk about that uncomfortable topic. Uh, and, and then we'll talk about some other journalism that's going on, specifically in the state of Arizona. We'll get to all of it, but first... Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate, it is a casual Friday, as I said. Uh, before we get into stuff, I want to say, I want to shout out to Rob Doster, a friend of the program texted me last night said he was listening to the podcast and he said he always listens at one and a half speed uh this is a thing apparently some there there are a lot of psychopaths out there that do this that listen to podcasts too fast uh because it's it makes them get things done faster or whatever i don't know man i i want to slow it down i want more podcast i want to like can we get it at like a half speed is my thing but um anyway he, he says he listened he listens to the podcast at one and a half speed uh and then he was listening in his car with his wife the other day and she is apparently not a psychopath and she said this is i cannot listen to people talking way too fast can we slow this down please so he puts it on like as we're doing our intro he switches it over to normal speed and he hears you say woody like we said but first woody durham and he said that all this time he's been listening to the pod he thinks that you're saying what are you doing <laughs> and this is the first but time first, he, what like, are you doing yeah, I know. Like, like a, that was like a Mr. Rogers thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. But first, <laughs> what right. are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? All right, maybe I'll start doing that. Um, that's a yeah. That's the perfect example which I've learned recently in my life is that uh, a lot of people I've I've learned that I'm a mumbler. You know that that I mumble mm. when people don't know what I'm saying or or they just can't even understand what I'm saying. But I come from a place where people say things like, "You got some good hot dog down there." And you don't know what they're saying, but they're saying, do you have some good hot dogs down there? And people go mm-hmm. and they get the hot dogs at the Piggly Wiggly. That's where I come from. So uh, when I say things and I mumble things and no one understands it, I get confused. But I also have to realize that I'm amongst you elites. So I don't know what you elites, yeah. you know, I don't know how you talk to one another. So right. uh, what are you what are you doing? Might be the new way to intro this whole podcast. Yeah, though, you should say like, that. You should I, sprinkle I'm, that I'm in. never sure. I'm never sure what I'm doing. So that's about right. Uh, perfect. What are you I'm doing? With- yeah, I'm with you, dude. I'm a mumbler too. We're, we're we're from places where people use words that are double contractions, like "couldn't have." <laughs> yeah, you say yeah. "couldn't have," and it has two apostrophes in it, and that is a uh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm doing a Jeff Foxworthy bit right now. By the way, um, uh, let's get to the biggest story in college basketball right now. Certainly for us, uh, maybe the rest Jeff of the world doesn't. Yeah, Jeff Fox. If you have a trailer. With no front door, and your sister is your cousin. Yeah, my beer. And I love Jeff Fox. Really, God, take me back to those days when, like, that was the peak of comedy. <laughs> that I feel was like I've lost my innocence, dude. Those are the days. Dude. <laughs> the days. dude, not to be a not to be a blue collar comedy hipster, dude. But I saw that shit when I was like, what was it, like, two thousand three, two thousand four or something. My dad and I went to that show, and no one knew who Larry the Cable Guy was. We just went to see Jeff Foxworthy. And yeah. oh my God, that was like the greatest night of comedy in my life. I was like 15, 16. 
Um, I'm from the middle of nowhere, Indiana. And let's just say my life was changed that night. And also, let's just say, if I watch that same show right now, <laughs> I would probably not laugh once. But um, take me back, Tate. Uh, let's take go. Let's let, let's start with take the biggest to, story. Take us to Arizona. Let's take us to Tucson. This right. is where we belong. Please. This is this is where Wild Bags. This is where Wild Bags has been tweeting at us uh, feverishly at this point, trying to get us involved in what's going on in, in anything in the, in the world of Arizona basketball. And then we get this headline. Arizona Regents, which I love when the Regents are involved, back moved mm-hmm. to fire assistant coach Mark Phelps. Not not related that we that we know of to Michael Phelps of the Phelps family mm-hmm. of the Olympic great family, but Mark Phelps. Uh, after they have the they lose sixty seven to sixty to Washington to your boys the Starbucks Kings, uh, they decide to get rid of another assistant coach. And the interesting part, Mark Titus, right, is that this has nothing to do with the other investigation. This is this is separate. No. This, this, this nothing is nothing to do with that stuff. Wait, yeah, this when is you say the itself. other invest when you say the other investigation, do you mean the Book Richardson stuff or do you mean the Brian Bowen senior testifying that Christian Dawkins uh and and Joe Pasternak, a former Arizona assistant, had a, a deal to deliver Brian Bowen Jr. to Arizona for fifty grand? Because the, even those I'll, are two separate. Those are two. <laughs> I'll, I'll be more than happy to answer that, but unfortunately, I'm not going to comment on anything related off the court. I apologize. Okay. That is uh, yeah. that is what Shaw Miller told me to say. But also, uh, <laughs> I'd be happy to answer it, but I just can't because it's off the court. So keep it on the court. That's where we're at in the Arizona world. The the, the we've we've lost track. This is all setting up for. Um, my my good friend or my former good friend, a man who will not return my calls because he believes that the FBI has his phone tapped, and I'm not sure if I'm joking when I say that. Uh, uh, my former roommate, one of the Los Dos Amigos himself, Danny Peters, who is an assistant at Arizona. Um, I think he's going to win the war of attrition, and he, and he's going to be coaching Arizona in the CBI this year. When Arizona goes to whatever postseason tournament they end up in, I think Danny Peters is the interim head coach, and this is great for us, Tate. This is this is this will be fantastic. I might askew the NCAA tournament. Like if if Danny Peters is the head coach at Arizona as Arizona is playing in the CIT, I I am not going to be paying attention to the NCAA tournament. I will be at the CIT Arizona games behind the bench, saying please hire this man. Um, it, it would be great for content. This is what we're it setting would, up for. And this is an honorable man. This is a man that we want to put in the Arizona program mm-hmm. because he's going to do things the right way. He's going to obviously be worried about the FBI tapping his phone, maybe not like some of the other parties before him that were, you know, not so concerned about such things. Uh, the problem with Phelps, right, is uh, it was about Sharif O'Neal and it was about uh, mm-hmm. the son of Shaq, of course, and it was about transcripts, academic transcripts, which is, you know, almost a pastime of college basketball back in the days where, you know, we all lived in the world where we thought that the worst things that they could be doing is forging SAT tests and forging ACT tests and, you know, getting transcripts put in the right places and maybe creating schools to make sure that guys could graduate, you know, wink, wink at, you know, some of the names that have done that in the past. I won't say names, but, you know, may rhyme with Rervis or uh, Turvis or I don't know. I'll just say Rodney Purvis, Uh, you know, back in the day, back in the day when those things used to happen. Uh, but Sharif O'Neal, uh, you know, committed 2017. Now is at UCLA, obviously dealing with the heart condition. But it, this, you know, Phelps comes out, he denies any wrongdoing. Uh, he said that he's cooperating with the university, which is always appreciated. We appreciate when you cooperate. I mean, is this anything? Mm-hmm. Is this anything of real note? Chase Jeter's very upset. Former Duke defector. Oh, this is thing. Or, I guess so. Yeah, he's, here, he's here, not here, a, here a few so things. He's upset. Yeah. <laughs> Here are a few things I want to I want to bring to your attention. There there are a couple quotes I pulled. Uh, first of all, 
Mark Schlebach wrote the article. We, we need to start yes. here. Uh, this is yes. the article on ESPN. It is written by Mark Schlebach. Um, if you do not understand why this is hilarious that Mark Schlebach is writing about Arizona basketball, uh, I invite you to Google Mark Schlebach Arizona basketball. Um, and also, welcome to our podcast, because this must be the first time you're listening to us. Uh, welcome. We will we will gladly have you here. Um, so the, the article is written by Schlebach, which is perfect. It's, it's hysterical uh, in and of itself. And then there are a few things within the article, Tate, that I want, I want to point out to you, is that there's a quote from Mark Phelps' lawyer in which he says, Mark Phelps has done absolutely nothing in violation of NCAA rules. And that one jumped out to me because that had Sean Miller's fingerprints all over it with the prepositions. Uh, he didn't come out and say Mark Phelps has done nothing wrong. He didn't say Mark Phelps is a good man and, and is completely innocent in this matter. He said that Mark Phelps has done nothing Absolutely nothing in viola- in violation of NCAA rules, which implies to me, again, I'm, I'm a little bit of a cynic. I'm a guy who likes to read between the lines and stir up controversy so we can talk about it on this podcast. But I read that quote and I think, so he definitely did something. He just thought it was not against NCAA rules. <laughs> because throwing that little qualifier on there is like, he did something. Listen, we'll give that to you. Okay, he did something. He's, he definitely he's did broke something. Some federal rules. Some federal rules have been broken. <laughs> right. We 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 cannot say that he did not break any federal rules, but we can we can say one thing: he did not break NCAA rules. So right, he's, uh, he's, his, his lawyer's <laughs> like, you guys got it backward. Book Richardson broke the NCAA rules. It was my client who broke the federal laws, and you guys got it all backwards. Uh, you dumbasses. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That is the Arizona um, basketball program at the, at the at this moment. It is qualifiers. <laughs> it is it is everything to keep yourself technicalities. out of the uh, yeah technicalities and wading out of the water as quickly as possible. Uh, and when is hang Sean a banner and act- hang a banner <laughs> hang a next banner. to the ninety seven banner that says we won on technicality <laughs> in all these cases. We're okay! Exclamation point. Um, there's another. So there are a couple other things I want to point out. So there's there's that one that jumped out to me. Also, uh, within the article, there's this quote that says, this is just a circular attempt to go after Sean Miller, a source told ESPN. Um, so the theory here is that they don't have anything to, to, to pin down Sean Miller. So they're just, you know, clipping off all of his assistants, all the guys surrounding him. They're, they're picking them off one by one. Uh, and, and hopefully... That will uh, eventually you build uh, the the straw will break the camel's back and then Sean Miller will go under. I guess is the plan. I don't know. This this is what people seem to be thinking. Um, it kind of lines up. I mean, like we said, this is what the third different kind of not completely different <laughs> but sort of different scandal involving assistant coaches at Arizona under Sean Miller. So hmm, interesting. And interesting. we're sort of deal and and we're dealing with the uh, the Dick Vitale, right? I mean, he was tweeting. I'm trying to pull up these tweets. He he was he was on one the other day talking about this, basically comparing it back to our boy uh, Rick Pitino, saying that you know once once Pitino got the third strike or the second strike or whatever strike it was, I think he may have deleted these tweets because they were so yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it, I think he got rid of these. Uh, let me see. Okay, here we go. Here, here it is. I would love to hear what a, a player's program, which is Arizona, of course, has to say about the actions of members of his staff. Mark Phelps, Book Richardson, exclamation point, which is separated off by himself. According to NCAA, isn't he accountable? The Zona mm. Zealots cannot be happy over these reports. 
So uh, again, and then and then he takes another article and tweets it out. When does the AD at Arizona say enough already with the embarrassing situations happening at the program and say time to get program back to days of Lute Olson era? The fans, <laughs> students, all alums deserve better. They deserve better. That's where that's okay. what they need. Meanwhile, Let's last give, week your bad guy right. of the week was a, was 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 a car dealer who was basically the Ashley Schaefer to Lute Olson's life. Um, we that's where we're at. We got to get back to that. That's what Dick Vitale. That's a subtle way to say get back to paying these kids the right way. Yeah, and get back to the right these way. kids the the conversation the right way, and then we'll it's get like, back to winning elite eights the right way. Let's do I it. need you to get back to, to to paying the kids in a way that I can follow. Uh, back in the old days where it was actually <laughs> backdropping. Basically like how they did it on Blue Chips where it was like very direct. It was, here's here's a duffel bag full of cash. This is how we do it. Yeah. And, and Dickie V's like, I'm, this is all confusing me. I mean, you, you, you're wiring money here and there. You got, you got like all sorts of middlemen. I'm confused by this, baby. I need you to just streamline it like like old Loot did. Where he, the prospect comes to the car dealership, you toss him the keys, he signs on the dotted line to say he's going to play at Arizona. Nice and clean and easy. Let's get back to those days. Maybe that's what Dick meant. <laughs> that's that's um, what he meant. That's that's always what he means. That's what uh, and then there's there's this last part about this this article, and uh, and then we can move on. But but I actually do think I, I if I can be serious for a second, I do think this is a problem for, for Sean Miller because I do think like this whole circling of Sean Miller thing is like we said, we, we don't really have any direct evidence tying Sean Miller, but the NCAA has changed the rules that, that don't exist in the past. Basically because the NCAA was wisened up to, to the fact that the head coaches do have fall guys and they, yes. they create plausible deniability. Um, and they've now said that it is on the head coach now to like explain basically why they shouldn't have known what was going on. You know, like this was ultimately like why Rick Pitino was fired was that Louisville was worried. Um, you know, maybe there isn't stuff that's directly implicating Rick Pitino, but uh, he he should have known. And you, you can't reasonably not know if you're the head coach. He's not I think not that, implicated. That's where we're right, at. Right, right. Yeah. So when it comes to stuff like this, basically, you are guilty until proven innocent if you are the head coach is essentially where we've arrived with this stuff. And um, this is not and, and Sean Miller is going to have his hands full proving that he is. He is innocent, especially because didn't Yahoo say that he's going to be subpoenaed probably in the uh, the Book Richardson case? So I don't know. That'll be that will be something to keep your eye on. Eric Musselman is licking his lips, rubbing his hands together. Um, but so is Luke Walton, maybe right? Is that how, is that <laughs> I how think, we think these chips are going to fall? These dominoes. From what I've heard around, uh, I was with a an agent who is not Luke Walton, not mm. not Luke Walton's agent, but also an sources agent for around a bunch the league. Sources around the league, and they were saying that uh, basically Luke Walton is uh, is not only done with his situation with LeBron James. LeBron James, he's completely out on all things LeBron James, and is he's done and out. Oh my god, that's double. And, <laughs> he's done and out, and he is ready to go to UCLA. He is basically waiting for UCLA to put the package together to then present him the package, and he is trying to take the UCLA <laughs> job before he is fired from the LA Laker job. That is the word around town. And also Mark, the word around town is that Tom Thibodeau is calling every single person in the entire NBA asking who is going to get fired so he can take their job. So that is what <laughs> that is what is going on. It is a it is a desperation from Tom Thibodeau to get hired by somebody. Uh, he will eventually be like the defensive coordinator for the Lakers, if I had to guess. And then Luke Walton is trying to get the hell out of here and go to UCLA and have people not bother him anymore. 
you know what a nice life Luke Walton's going to live at UCLA. We'll be able to go to the games. We'll be with UCLA ladies. She'll probably let us sit in the row now. Mm-hmm. She'll be happy. She has Luke Walton to look at. A little eye candy down there for her. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be perfect for us. I can't wait. Uh, and Muslim so into Arizona. I hope that happens as well. It, it would all it would all be good for our podcast, unless it's Danny it, Peters that takes over. Either way, all good. <laughs> so you're telling me that uh, UCLA, like Walton, is waiting for UCLA to present its package to him. Meanwhile, yes. Mark Godfrey, he wants to see pres- their package. He's like Mark Godfrey to is. Me. Mark Godfrey is presenting his package to UCLA at the same time. So that's where we stand with the uh, Mark Godfrey will be presenting his package and Luke Walton will be accepting UCLA's package. Okay. I, I was, I to- was not going, I was not going to bring this up because I thought it was a little too far uh, as far as our podcast. I know what you're going to you say. Br- you brought his name up and I have to bring it up because, because I was just, this is on Barstool pack. So I guess this is like the double, this is the double dose of uh Barstool, uh, you know, material. If you have NC state and Barstool together, uh, this is the quote, some things never change. And then it's a picture of Mark Gottfried on Bumble. And it said, wow, my coworker friend found Mark Gottfried on Bumble. Mark, comma, 53, TV personality, University of Alabama, 1987. Um, and then you put the pieces together. It's like, my dude's in the San Fernando Valley. That's where Mark Godfrey frequents. And I don't know how much you know about the adult <laughs> entertainment industry, but they do. But they do a lot of work in the San Fernando Valley, and they also do a lot of work in like Simi community Valley. service. You mean like like they yeah, clean the yeah. roads up? And, yeah, okay. No art. Okay. They make art. They make art down there. Uh, it's strictly art. It's uh, it's expression. Um, now, and 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 that's where Mark Godfrey lives. So maybe okay. he doesn't go after UCLA job. Is what I'm saying. Okay, I think I've on, been wrong all along. He's been in the Hold wrong on. place. <laughs> let me let, let me let me clean this up so we don't get sued. Um, this this as someone this who is was a victim, fake Bumble account, right? This is a fake this Bumble is, account, and yes, I'm going to defend Mark Godfrey on this one because uh, someone created a fake Bumble account for me, and um, I think wow. I know. I think it was one of my friends. Uh, one of my friends like basically wanted to create an account and see if. And, God damn it! I, I realize like, as I'm saying this, this sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Titus, one of your friends. <laughs> I can just like I can like hear myself say it. Just the, the reaction I would give if I was hearing someone else say the story. Um, but no, someone someone created a fake because I had someone tweeted me. They're like, "LOL, my girlfriend," or I guess it wasn't wouldn't my, be girlfriend, girlfriend, my sister. Too. They're like, so, "Yeah, my girlfriend found you on." But I forget what the fucking scenario was. But someone's like, "We found you on Bumble," and I was like, "What the fuck is Bumble?" That's that's the first time I ever found out what Bumble even was. Um. So I'm saying I say all that to say that maybe Mark Gottfried is a victim here. Has been framed. And yeah, he's been yeah, framed. he's been framed. That's that's that could have happened, Tate. So you you never know. There's there's no way. I am I am working under that he was not framed, but I also understand that he could have been framed. And for that for that reason, I will say I will take full responsibility. But it's not my fault. But it's not your um, fault. And I, and I will continue moving on with with the rest of our day. But I appreciate you bringing up, you know, Mark Godfrey because that mm-hmm. was something I saw as soon as I woke up this morning, and I was like, "How will this get wedged into our podcast today?" And that's why this is a casual <laughs> Friday did. because because it worked out seamlessly. Honestly, it worked out. We find a way. I could have ever imagined. Uh, so appreciate that. Is there anything else on Arizona that we care about? Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do. I do see that Mark had, Phelps. He said that he is confident that he will be fully exonerated and allowed to resume his coaching career. So that's good news. Mm-hmm. That's what he believes will happen. Why doesn't someone just hire all the exiled coaches? They should just like like. Isn't that a Miami move? You want the my the 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 bad boys of Miami thing? Like, isn't isn't like Miami football desperate to go back to that generation where they were, everyone was just doing cocaine and wearing the big chains and had the swag and 
all that kind of shit. Like that's what they're desperate for is just to be the bad boys. Why don't you spill that over to basketball and like Miami basketball? Like when Larry Nate listen, I'm not trying to fire Jim Larinaga, but the man isn't he's not young. He's not a you know, his he's he's past his prime, we'll say. He he's he doesn't have he's not long for this profession. So uh maybe Larinaga steps down eventually and then Miami, like her whole brand is just hiring exiled coaches. That's it. And and so, you're just like we don't yeah. So yeah, bring back we, Frank Haith. Haith comes back. Yeah. He's like, he's yeah, like I'm comes home. Back. Yeah. Yeah. It's a homecoming. Yeah, Patino and and yeah. <laughs> no um, no one's the no one's the head coach so they don't take any blame. Everyone's right, exactly. like the top everyone's a top assistant and they just keep They're deflecting all, yeah. and deferring to whoever did it. They, or they just create like a shadow head coach, like a guy he has a name, but like no one ever actually sees him and he's sick. Yeah. You know, like uh, every game, there's like something that comes up, and it's and then like the press conferences, it's like the, the the guy pulls a Coach K move where like Wojo does the halftime press conferences for him, and K doesn't actually talk. Like they do that move where it's like it's time to do the the weekly coaches show, and, it, and it's always an assistant coach that does the coaches show, and there is no head coach, and but but he has a name, but no one knows who he is and what he looks like, and it's just real mysterious. I don't know. We're onto something here. We might we we might have figured this out. I had one other note though about Arizona. Um, Please. Specifically, this article, not so much about Arizona, just this Mark Schleybach article. Within the article, there is a stanza where Mark Schleybach writes the following: ESPN reported in February 2018 that Dawkins and Miller had discussions about a hundred thousand dollar payment that ensured that star center DeAndre Ayton, the number one pick in June's NBA draft, signed with the Wildcats from the class of 2017. That was something that Mark Schleybach put in his own article, uh, and that was a brilliant move. I thought Tate. To say that ESPN reported it in February, he's referring to his own reporting See, of he, yeah. he he's doing he's doing exactly what you just said to do as a coach. So like to him, ESPN is the head coach, and right. he can he he can put ESPN as the blame for all this, and then just keep things pushing. You know what I mean? It's like ESPN put that report out there. That's not on me. I gave them information. I didn't know if it was va- I didn't know if it was ba- valid or anything like that. I just was like, here's what I'm hearing. And they said, okay, well, here's what we're putting on our I website. Think that's how, and, then, and then he moved from there. I think that's how Schleybach washes his hands of all this eventually, is he leaves ESPN in a few years, um, and and he puts out a Why I'm Joining the Athletic article. And in it, he talks about how ESPN's journalistic integrity has submarined, and he specifically cites the reporting on the DeAndre Ayton wiretap, Sean Miller wiretap. And he's like, when I was at the company and that – report happened i just knew that I, it was time to get out um the journalistic and, and he just gaslights all of america into <laughs> into forgetting what actually happened and it was just this shadowy company called espn that reported that it wasn't me it was i didn't do that what look i, I have it, it was it was half in the sense that he happened to be there it had nothing to do yeah. with him it was the it was, was the larger yeah, okay. it was the larger corporation it was okay, so I was in the room. I was in the room when they reported it. Okay, fine. I'll give you that. I was in the room, but like, no, I didn't report it. <laughs> that'll be the story. Uh, that's it. So that'll be that'll be fun to watch unfold. We we talked about Arizona last week. It's just we talked. Oh shoot, I've talked about them two times. The Arizona bagman of the week, or my bad guy of the week, has been Arizona the last two weeks, and then uh, this comes out, and it's it's just. They stay on brand down there in Tucson. If nothing else, we'll we'll just say that much. Um. It, it, what, wouldn't it be so, wouldn't it be so much more fun? This is the, my final Arizona th- thought. Wouldn't it be so much fun if it was eight and still there? Like last year was so fun with all the stuff going on because 
We had Aiden. We had all the players in place to discuss, but now everyone's gone. Like even this story is about an online class that Sharif O'Neal was taking. Now Sharif O'Neal right. is in Brentwood or Westwood. And, you know, it, it's like, it almost feels like it's after the fact, like everything's going to blow up when nothing's really going on in Arizona, when they're not that good, when they don't have that great of players, when Sean Miller can get him exit a uh, little bit under the radar, not as not as high profile as it would have been last year. I mean, obviously losing to Buffalo was pretty high profile loss, but had nothing to do with any of this sort of stuff. But now it's all happening when nothing's going on there. But your boy Nico Mannion's coming. So I'm hoping that they just hold out for this class mm-hmm. to come in next year. And then all this stuff kind of comes out because then at least it's more entertaining. Because right now it almost feels like we're picking on them because they're not very good anyway. So then it's just all these stories keep coming out and you're just like, of course they come out when we're not good. They don't ever come out when you're number one in the country. I mean, mm-hmm. that's uh it's just I, I'm sorry, Tucson. I'm sorry, Wildbags. I'm sorry, Arizona, that we're that we're coming at you so harshly, but also it we're not. It's Mark Schleybach. They yeah, they love it. They actually I think Arizona <laughs> fans like us because we uh if we can pat ourselves on the back, we were the first to to step up and be like, uh so this wiretap sure? thing. Are we sure? <laughs> so the wiretap. <laughs> Release the tapes, Mark. That's all I ask. <laughs> Still hasn't happened. Can we hear that wiretap? Still hasn't happened, but it's coming. It will come. It 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 just you gotta gotta be patient, Tate. Uh should we have the uncomfortable conversation? Should we talk about it? I, I want to put yes. it off, but again, I feel like on the heels of talking about uh excellence in journalism, uh we 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 need to to not be hypocrites here and we need to step up and address the elephant in the room, which is that uh, Buzzcut Brad, friend of the program, was just on the show, what, two weeks ago? Something like that. Loved talking to the guy. Seemed like a good kid. Uh, he's an asshole on the basketball court, Tate. That's that's the verdict that America has reached. This kid is a punk. He's Grayson Allen 2.0. He stuck his leg underneath Jordan Murphy um, as, as, as Murphy went up to grab a rebound. Looked like he was trying to roll his ankle or whatever. Yeah. Uh uh <laughs> so I've been I've been I feel like Coach K talking about Grayson Allen when he's like, It's he's a great kid. You just you guys just have to get to know him. And we all rolled our eyes. My question to you, Tate, do you want to apologize to Coach K? Because you had the wool pulled over your eyes just like he did with Grayson Allen. Whereas like once you meet the kid, you meet a villain, you actually realize he's a nice guy. Now you don't know what to believe. Your brain cannot process nuance. Uh would you like to apologize to Coach K Tate? No, I would not. Uh, but I appreciate you putting that out there and letting me give a chance to, <laughs> to be the bigger person here to say why I'm sorry and apologize. I will say this. Coach K, if he watched that tape, there's no way he would ever consider that a trip or or or, or a move with malicious intent. No mm-hmm. one would be in, it suspended indefinitely. This is a light, light, light case compared to what we were seeing with Grayson. But also, this is almost more of an egregious thing because – it's an attempted injury, right? I mean, a trip is more of a it's yeah. more of a, it, it's more it's more of a message. So it's like one of those things where it's like if you're Brad if you're Brad Davidson and you go in and you stick your foot out, it's one thing to trip a guy. It's one thing if it's Santa Ana and he's on Elon and he's been pesky all day and you're Grayson, you're getting a little frustrated and you say all right, I'm 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 done with this. I'm going to have to trip this guy to send a message. I, You know, that happens on the playground. We've seen it happen before. The reason that this one is alarming to me, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's just there's nothing worse than someone trying to basically get up underneath you and undercut you. 
in basketball. Mm-hmm. That's one of the that's that's the number one no no. That's when people completely turn on you, where they're just like, wait, you know, this guy mm-hmm. is actually trying to do something and injure someone. So the little slip in there on his ankle, that was a I might have to injure this guy to send a message because we're gonna mm-hmm. lose this game possibly. Um, All right, and that and for that reason. I'm out. I'm out. But also, <laughs> but but also, I am a fan of Brad. I don't think that he would ever do something so egregious. I think he was in the heat of the moment, <laughs> and and in the heat of the moment, you do things you don't want to do. And I don't think the slow motion video has done him any help. You know what I mean? It's not like we could see this, you know, in in, in right in the moment and say, "Oh my God, what was that?" You could see a little bit of something, but the slow mo has made it look even worse. And it I think not. he's living in a slow mo world. And, uh, you know, when you have a slow motion video right in your face and everyone's looking at it, it's uh, it's not good. So you're saying you're out on Brad. But are, are you done with him? Are you done and out or just out? I'm out. I'm not done. I'm not done. OK, no, no. <laughs> All right. I'm outside. I'm not done. All right. I can, so I right can easily middle. walk. I can, I can walk right back inside <laughs> and say, Brad, how are you? I'm hoping you're having a great day. I'm sure that was a tough time at the. All I, right, I will say this: I think Ethan Happ like blowing kisses to the barn crowd as they left uh, the Wisconsin mm. guys as, as they were like leaving, and he was blowing kisses and waving. I thought that was more of a like if you're talking about sportsmanship. I feel like that was more <laughs> oh, of a. I feel like more people would point. No, I'm not not me, but I'm saying more people would point to that as like a sports a sportsmanship flop. You know what I mean? People are like, "Wow, that no, guy no, has no. no sportsmanship," but no class, you know. I'm just trying to I'm trying to help Brad out in any way I can because again, Ethan Happ has never been on this podcast. So what do I have to get what do I care? You know what I mean? Here, Brad, listen, I'm trying I got to you. defend as best I can. Please help me. I, I got you. I can help you. Uh I can be devil's advocate here. Um, so two things. Number one, uh no, no one is talking about how Brad Davison was wearing a boot on the foot that Jordan Murphy stepped on after the game. Um he he's he's wearing that boot on his right foot. Um, so really He's the one who got injured here. If you really want to break it down, like Brad injured himself, and I think like when you when you think about it that way, it's kind of a, a gutsy, gritty, great play for a guy to put his body on the line like that, to stick his foot out, have it get stepped on, and then have to get it uh, put on a boot. When I grew up, like sacrificing your body to win was always a positive. So um, I don't know. Maybe people could talk about that a little bit more. Uh, in all honesty, Tate, here's here's what I think. If you're if you're trying to find like a sliver to defend Brad, and you said you are, so I'm going to try to help you here. Maybe some part of him, like there's no doubt in my mind that he was sticking his foot out as a way to to get in Murphy's space. Um, yes, it's not. It, it wasn't an accident. Agree. We both agree yeah. on that. He did. He, this was a purposeful think, move. Yes, I think I think if you're if you're trying to defend him, and I'm not, by the way, everyone listening, calm down. Put delete those tweets. You don't need to press send. Uh, I'm not defending him. I'm just. Uh, it's called having a discussion on a podcast. So calm down. Um, maybe some like iota of his brain was, was thinking like that was a version of blocking out, you know, like your, your condition when a guy's you're under the basket, you're a smaller guy, you get a body on a guy, you like throw your, your body into their space. Um, and that was like his quick tick, his, his Twitch muscle was just like, I got to get in a space. So I'm going to do it this way. And here's how I'm going to do it. That's about all I can come up with because otherwise this was bad. This was very bad. Um, and it's tough. I, uh, it's, it's, it puts me in a tough spot. I, I'll just say this, Tate. Brad, if you want to come on the pod and defend yourself, uh, obviously, anytime you want, you're welcome on the show. Um, we, 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 will, we would love to, to, to hash this out with you, but uh, I, I think I'm also out. 
I, it pains me to say, it, but I think I think we're both out. <laughs> we're bo- we're both out, but we're we're not done. That's pretty much what you need to know. We're both out. We're not done. And also, I did forget, and I'm in my Brad Davidson. I'm pulling everything up. He tripped Nate Mason last year, right? Too. That was a thing. Well, okay. So hold on. I I, I realize what I'm doing here by by defending the Nate Mason one. I saw this clip too. I know I know what everyone's talking about. It looked to me like it honest to God looked to me. If you look at that one in a vacuum, it looked like Nate Mason rolled his ankle, like as he was planting his foot and then like was going to fall on his own. And and I, I really genuinely believe that Brad, there's a world where Brad Davidson didn't touch him. Like the angle that I was seeing wasn't that great, but you can see like Nate Mason roll his ankle as he's going to, um, as, and then he falls down and I don't know that, that looked consistent with whether Brad tripped him or not. The one the, you, you the one you you pair this with to to create a pattern for me is the punching the Marquette kid in the nuts as he was curling around the screen. Um, that one's tough. You put those two together and you start. That's that's where I start looking at the pattern of behavior. I'm like, man, I don't know. That's tough. But he is, well, you know, he loves his which, grandma though. So I think we got to factor that in. He does love his grandma. <laughs> Um, he loves nice his kid. grandma. He loves his family. He was great on he our podcast. God. He was great on the podcast. Yeah, we got to remember all these things, all the good things. We got to do a pro and con list, and we'll figure out where we stand on the Brad <laughs> Davidson situation. I will. I will ask you this though: Is Brad? I've, I've been trying to figure out like who the heel is of college basketball. You know what I mean? Like who is yeah. the most hated guy? I went on the uh, that streaking the lawn Virginia podcast because you know again they love that we do cow guy segments and they were saying that they think that America thinks and that is a lot of thinking for a lot of people uh, <laughs> that that cow guy is the most hated guy in America. They think that uh, no. America is trying to use the face of cow guy as as someone to hate. And I told them yesterday that Brad Davidson will save them from such hate because Brad yeah. Davidson f- checks all the boxes and I feel like he will end up being the most hated person in the country. And then with Hap, like, together as, like, a little one-two duo, like a little Leitner, Bob Hurley action, you know, you get those two guys together in the tournament going into it. Uh, maybe maybe they, they can take it away, but I don't know who the most hated person in, in college basketball is, and that's why – I have you, Mark Titus. I mean, is it Brad Davidson? Well, is that is that where we are? Did we have the most hated man in college basketball on our podcast? If we're going to plug our appearances on podcasts that aren't our own, um, I I was on part of my take, and they asked me the exact same question, and I said Alex O'Connell because um, oh yeah, I just I like I like to dumb it down to those guys. They're not those two aren't the brightest guys in the world, so you kind of have to spoon feed them with uh, the people, and you just default to the Duke white guy. Um, so I did. I I have publicly stated this week. That I think Alex O'Connell is the most hateable, but I, he's not. He's not integral enough to what Duke does. You know, like he he plays obviously he he can be good at certain things, um, but he's not. Uh, to, to to be really hateable, it has to be a guy who not only has like the punchable face and the shitty attitude and and whatever else. It has to be a guy who, on top of all of that, can hit a big shot to beat your team or take a charge like in a like he's out there in crunch time and. Um, and I don't know if O'Connell can rise to that occasion like that. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to be, he, no, no one's going to hate Alex O'Connell because they beat their team really, in a in a big game. For, you know, but Brad Davison has that ability. So I think you're right. I think there is Leitner Hurley action going on with with Wisconsin right now, especially with the way that they're mm. winning it, which is not, uh, you know, which is the old school me- like the old school method of let me take a big charge in this game. I, I pretty think I think the NC State game was the first game when I sort of. Everyone was like, oh, okay, well, these guys are here. This is what they're about. Yeah. They'll take charges. 
This will become the the national talking point. What's going on with charges? How do we handle charges? Do these guys deserve to get these calls? We all know that, you know, Marco Johnson is a better player than whoever this white guy, number 34, is on Wisconsin. But he took five charges in this game and they won the game. Where What's going on here? So, uh, yeah, I think we're we're in that world. And let me, let's be quite honest. When you said Alex O'Connell to those guys, they thought that you were talking about Jack White. <laughs> they did. They probably did. Yeah, a hundred percent. They probably they they, they 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 were like, yeah, I hate that guy. They're like that Australian <laughs> piece of shit. You're like, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> they thought <laughs> I was talking one. about yeah, yeah, like Mason Plumley or so. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. It's I'm rooting for them. I hope they can figure it out. But um, man, they need those guys need all the help they can get with uh. <laughs> with understanding with that um with that mark Phelps situation yeah. It, yeah yeah uh let's take a break we'll come back we got to talk about kansas uh big kansas news we got to talk about i think i want to talk about gonzaga a little bit there's some stuff going on um and i also have another juicy story uh that i want to i want to share with you that i'm not sure if you're aware of um but quick we're, we're gonna take this quick break first all right quick break to talk about a a close personal friend of ours black talks and how you can stand out at your event for the right reasons with theblacktux.com. The Black Tux offers the kinds of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy, and you might only wear once. With the Black Tux, simply rent them online so you can blow it out for your big one-time event and take your style to the next level. With the Black Tux's free home try-on, you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before the event. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before your event. If anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. Returns are simple. Just wear it, turn heads, then send it back three days after your event. It's that easy. Shipping is free both ways. This is what we used last year for the three-on-three tournament. Uh, if you followed us dropping bags at the the three-on-three tournament on ESPN, uh, Tate and I were sitting on the couch in our tuxedos, looking fresh. Uh, thank, thanks to Black Tux. Have a feeling we might be... Uh, might be doing that again with Black Tux. We might we might have to reach out to Black Tux for some help uh, for this year's event, but we will cross that bridge when we come to it. In the meantime, to get $20 off your purchase, visit theblacktux.com and enter code SHINING. That's theblacktux.com, code SHINING for $20 off of your purchase. The Black Tux, premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. All right, Tate, uh, we can get we, we need to mention this um i don't i don't really know how much time we, we want to spend on it uh it, when, when the news first broke this this felt like a new mystery for us this is we are the hardy boys of college basketball um it 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 got me really excited to talk about and then i started reading more into it and i was like i think we need to back off this one so i i really don't want to turn this into in all seriousness i do not want to turn this into humorous content because we don't really know what the story is but uh we should mention Legerald Vic um, is taking a leave of absence from Kansas to deal with a personal matter. Uh, the, the, the quote Bill Self said in the release, LeGerald has some personal matters that require his immediate attention and he will be taking a leave of absence from our team during this time. We will respect LeGerald's privacy. There is no timetable for his return. Um, his mom told told uh, the, the local newspaper there in Kansas City that we need him for, we need LeGerald out here for a couple weeks. I need him. There's a lot going on. It'll all work out. Uh, so he's he, so Legerald's back in Memphis dealing with family things. No one really knows. As, uh, maybe maybe someone does know, obviously, but uh, it's not public yet. I don't. I haven't read what's going on. Um, and I don't know. I I have to draw a line somewhere. I don't want to speculate on this because there's a lot of things this could be, and uh, I'd rather I'd rather just not. But we should mention it, right? 
We should mention it. Uh, LeGerald, the crazy thing about it is we talked about how great LeGerald was to start the year outside of the first game that we watched, the Michigan State game. He's been, you know, their guy, or he was their guy for like this whole stretch in December. And we were just sort of waiting to see what was going to happen with that and how it was all going to play out. So this was not the best uh, way for all things to play out. We hope everything's going to be fine with him and his family. I love his mom's name, Lala. I love that name. Lala is a great name. Mm-hmm. Lala Vic. Uh, going to bring him back to Memphis. Maybe he can work out with Penny and those guys while he's there in Memphis, possibly. Maybe get like some good pub for himself. I don't know. I It sounds like it's a family situation, so uh, we wish LeGerald all the best. And uh, it, it's it's now getting to the point where, you know, it's not really about basketball. You just hope everything, you know, works out with LeGerald and his family back in Memphis. You know, and then, yeah, and then you look at uh, the rest of the Kansas team and what's going on there, and, and it's just a lot to talk about because – I, I don't this Kansas team. I mean, I was watching with my roommates the other night. I mean, they follow college basketball, you know, somewhat. And they were just like, I don't know anyone on Kansas. Like, where's Azabuke? Where where's, you know, so and so? Where where is Devon? Did you, you tell know, him Diedrich like, Lawson is a first team all American? Uh. <laughs> I, I was like, Yeah, you see that guy Diedrich Lawson? They're like, Yeah, is he a freshman? I was like, nah, he's a transfer. They're like, and then Charlie Moore did something. They're like, Who's that guy? I was like, Ah, it's a transfer. Uh transfer. you know, so it was just it was just uh it was funny to see the perception of Kansas and and people not being able to really kind of put two and two together as to what this team is because as as funny as that may sound, it does fit what we've sort of seen with this team all year where going into the season, it felt like they almost had too many pieces. It was like, who's going to be their guy? They have Azubuke, they have Vic, they have, you know, Grimes mm-hmm. is coming in, who's a five-star. And now it is now Dotson and Grimes are kind of, you know, everything's sort of being put, in, put, put on their back to be the guards for this team. And then obviously having Diedrich Lawson is a nice piece to have because it's a 19 and 10 pretty much every night. But I don't know how far Kansas can go, which begs the question, Mark Titus, can is they this do the it? Year, can, Tate? Is this the year? Can can it finally happen? Can someone else win the Big Twelve? And uh, I hope, and I don't believe that it's possible, but I do hope that it is possible, and we shall see. Yeah, I, I hope I hope they still win it. Not because I I I'm not a guy that cheers for you know like I'm I'm not the guy that cheers for the, for the casino. Um, I'm not you know I'm not cheering for Kansas because I just like the favorites to win and destroy. Although I have I have publicly said I'm Team Blue Blood, so maybe. I'm playing yeah, we're Team Blue here. Blood. Mm, yeah, intro. we're Kings Shit. fans. We are Shit. we are um, day one Kings fans. But I'm not when I say I hope Kansas wins it this year. Uh, I I don't say it because of that because I like I'm a Kansas fan anyway. It's it's that when the streak breaks, I want it to be. I guess we, I guess this could still happen though. So um, but I I want it to be. I, it could still happen this year. I want it to be uh something that comes down to the wire. It's like one of the last games of the season. Uh, it's it's a big moment. Like someone beats them in Allen Fieldhouse, and it's it, it's just like this big. It, it's it's like a, a a seminal game that everyone's looking at, and holy shit, they just did it. But I, in my mind, when I was thinking like the Kansas streak ends, I wanted it to be because someone rose to Kansas's level, and not because Kansas like everything just fell apart. If that makes sense, it's sort of yeah. my thoughts on on the the 16 seed losing like 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 Virginia losing to UMBC. That was not what I wanted. I wanted it to be, I wanted like a 16 seed to hit like a, a three with the hand in your face at the buzzer and it to make it feel like they stole the win and everyone just going nuts like, holy shit, they did it. Whereas like the 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 tournament last year, UMBC's running away with it and it's it was almost like the last 10 minutes was almost boring because you knew that UMBC was about to win and it just, it's like, I mean, it's cool that it happened, but like this isn't how I envision it. That's how I feel about this Kansas streak was, 
I wanted it to be like Kansas finishes the season with three losses and another team only has one or two or something, and that's how it ends. Not like Kansas has eight losses and the team that wins the Big 12 has six, <laughs> which is kind of yeah. where we're headed right now. Yeah, you don't want the wheels to fall off the wagon and that'd be the reason why it ends. You want it to be someone yeah. knocks them off and uh, and we get excited about it. But that's but uh, I will say, Kansas yeah. State fans, Iowa State fans, uh, I, I don't mean to piss on your parade, so uh, be excited. If you win it, it counts. I'm not trying to put. I'm not trying to preemptively put an asterisk next to your title. It counts. It all counts the same. Um, be excited. It, it it will be awesome for you guys. It's just uh, as a neutral fan, that's kind of what I envisioned, and I don't know. Ho- hopefully, they can they can salvage something and and have a decent season. Because yeah, it does suck to be. I mean, it's easy to make jokes and be like, Bill Self has all these five stars still. Poor him. Um. And to to a certain extent, that is the case. They're they're horrible on the road. I don't think Kansas is going to be that good anyway. If everyone was still on the team, because they they were just like looking very very weird. Even in, even before Azabuke went out, like the, we we talked about it a thousand times on here. Um, I don't think this was a a, a team destined for a national championship anyway. But uh, it does suck to just see all these everything just sort of falling apart and everything that can go wrong has so far. And that's just that's a bummer. Tough. It's that's tough. It so sad. it's tough. It's tough to see, but uh, the Big 12 will be better for it, possibly, if uh, if this all plays out in that way, where we get a new champion and maybe people get a little excited. Maybe maybe Bill Self and the Kansas fans, you know, get a little up in arms over that and try to fight back, and and, and all things will be figured out. Also, I'm seeing all these award watch lists. Have you seen all this sort of stuff coming out? Um, mm-hmm. and, and our boy, he's done it again. Rick Stansberry, Western Kentucky, uh, one of the 10 candidates for the 2019 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award, Charles Bassey. He's mm. done it, Rick Stansbury. Mm-hmm. That was a nice that was a nice aside for Rick Stansbury, but I just saw that pop up. Uh, so congratulations, Rick. You you continue to do it and dominate. Hang the banner. We appreciate. <laughs> yeah, hang it. Put it up. <laughs> put Top it up 10 there. for Kareem Abdul Jabbar Award. That that is uh <laughs> that's what the people want to see. Hang it up at the. It, 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 isn't it called the Diddle Center? I'm pretty sure Western uh, Kentucky Wait, basketball. It's called the it's called the Diddle. I'm pretty sure it's called the Diddle. Get swear the to God. Out of here, Tate. <laughs> no, it's it's called it's called the Diddles, and and I'm pretty I'm, sure like their, their their hashtag might be sell out Diddle. I'm pretty sure, man. I, How I mean, is it you spelled? Can, I mean, I've, I'm googling this shit. D i d d l e, like to diddle, like <laughs> it, it center. That's what it's called. Holy mm. shit, dude! It is the really? EA Diddle yeah, yeah, Arena. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, what? This, is, this is what we get with Western Kentucky. This oh, is what man. we get with the Hilltoppers. There's no telling what's going on on top of that hill, but uh, you know they got the Diddle Center to figure it out. Oh my god, that's that's a new that's my new fun fact. My my old fun one was uh, the Fruit of the Loom headquarters in Bowling Green and the uh, Corvette Museum that I saw when I was driving by there, but um. Diddle Arena. That's that's we 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 got to visit Diddle Arena, Tate. We have to make a yeah. stop at Diddle Arena. Holy shit! Please, please, let uh, someone someone reach out to Stansberry. Drop the bag for us. We would love to go. Um, let's see what else. What let, let me look at my notes. Let me let me do a little sampling. Um, oh, did you see this one? Here's a good story we should talk about. Um, the the Roger Ayers conspiracy. You're aware of Roger Ayers, right? You know yes, this referee. Of course. This, yes. this official. Yes. Are you yes. are you aware of this conspiracy? I the, the first person I saw uncover it was was Big Cat on Twitter. So I apologize if someone else connected these dots. Um but that's how I came across it. Is that uh the the Iowa State so on Monday Iowa State was favored by two and a half against Oklahoma at Oklahoma. Uh Oklahoma's down by four and they 
they're just basically like the clock, the game's over. There's three seconds left, and Iowa State just backs off, lets them throw up a shot, right? Oklahoma throws up a three well after the buzzer, and it goes in, and they count it. And Iowa State was favored by two and a half. So it completely flipped the outcome of the the betting line, right? And yeah. people people are up in arms. I've I, as I've said on on here many times, I don't gamble, so like I don't really follow stuff that clearly. I just saw like Twitter was exploding. People were bitching about that shot shouldn't have counted. I should have won my bet. Whatever. Um, and then it hark. And then it, it, everyone got ex- part of why they got excited was like this just happened. Or no, I'm I'm sorry that happened on Monday. Uh, and the 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 outcry happened on Wednesday when uh, Villanova. Um, Villanova Creighton, the same thing happened. I'm sorry. Um, Creighton, the, the game was out of reach. Villanova was up by nine. I think the spread was nine. Creighton puts up a shot at the end that's inconsequential to the outcome of the game. It's well after the buzzer. Like you can see the replays, it's still in the guy's hand. They count it. Uh, Villanova beats Creighton by seven. Um, that happens on Wednesday. The Iowa at, Iowa State at Oklahoma game happened on Monday, and someone figured out that Roger Ayers was an official in both of these games. Your thoughts, Tate. As a man who produces a gambling podcast, what does this mean? My my thoughts are that referees have been doing shady things for long before any of these people have realized anything or had the internet or whatever. So that just comes with the territory. The confusing part with me is the the Villanova minus nine that people are all upset about. It was a push. Like they were right. up nine. So it's not like you were going to win anyway. Want. Yeah, you weren't going to win anyway. So I don't understand why that became. Uh, I'm looking at all this sort of right now as, as you're also, bringing it up. So also, I don't that, that game went to OT. So. Yeah, yeah was that game overtime? went to OT. So it was like you were lucky to even have the shot. You, you were, you know, you pulled that out of your ass to even have the shot in the first place. But um, it is fascinating. And what makes it what makes it more fascinating to me is that the NCAA caught wind of this. Like they they saw people bitching about it, and they are apparently now. They, they released it? a statement. They are looking into it. They are monitoring the situation. They said nice. that during the NCAA tournament, they will now review these shots. So if a team is down by twenty five, and they throw up a three, as the other, you know the other team just kind of gives up and lets them shoot whatever at the buzzer, they will now go to the monitor to see if the shot should count or not, even though it's it's a blowout in the NCAA tournament. And you're asking yourself, why would they do that if not for gambling? And to that, I say, I have no idea. And that is hilarious, Tate, because it's basically the NCAA is acknowledging gambling. The same entity that uh, on all the brackets that you print out, they say, do not use these for gambling purposes, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> wink, um, wink. This, I, honest to God, this is a horrible look for the NCAA to do this. It, it's absolutely horrible because I, I, I don't understand how you can justify this if you're the NCAA. There's, there's, no, there's literally no other reason to care about why whether the shot goes in. If the, the outcome's not decide you know it's already decided why why else would you care but for gambling so by doing this you are basically saying we 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 welcome gambling that is something that we will honor which i'm not i'm not against gambling i'm just saying the nca is very much against gambling but they're still doing this so it is the wink wink thing i don't i have no idea how they can justify this whatsoever it's wrong. Well, it's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. Uh, <laughs> where's my country gone? But I will say uh, they they're not afraid. It's like all these sports leagues like the NFL, they're all in on gambling now. Like the NBA is all in on gambling now as those professional leagues become in the back. Like, I know. But yeah, as it happens, yeah. like you don't think there's going to be a trickle down effect. You know what I mean? You don't think that. Well, no, that's, just I'm, because, I'm just but, saying like, I know. I know how college sports work. I'm just saying like. If you're the NCAA, you have this veneer of 
student athletes and and you have to you 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 have to still like adhere to that and and they're doing that's why they're not paying players it is like there's a wink wink deal there too like they know that the payments were going on they're pretending that they didn't have any idea this was going on until the FBI got involved they've known that this was going on um it's just they have to they have to make appearances they have to say we are an institution that honors amateurism we keep keep the money out of the game even though you know maintain uh, the integrity the, of the games it's yeah, all about the maintain integrity. the integrity Keep all, all the money integrity. out, but at the same time, every lower level seat at the Final Four is going to corporate par- partners. But also keep it's the going money to out. FedEx. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the, there's this song and dance where the NCAA has like a PR thing where they're like, "We, yeah, we're going to take the money, but we're not going to be just brazen about it." Um, and then in th- th- this is an instance where this feels very brazen to me, where they're like, "Yes, we are leaning into gambling," and that kind of that the house of that for me that just knocks down like the house it, it just adds to it i guess it adds to the tally of of all the things where you're like this is total horseshit that you're pretending that you are one thing but you're actually the other um so i let, let me be the first to uncover that the nca kind of hypocrites <laughs> kind of hypocrites here folks i don't know if you noticed yeah not what we thought they were <laughs> that's 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 uh that's where we're at we're not they're not quite what we thought they were. The integrity, though. I mean, we got to figure out where this integrity has gone, try to get the integrity back in the game. And if we can get integrity back in town, uh, I think we'll all be in a much better situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just realized that the most hated player in all of college basketball is Wyatt Walker of NC State. I just figured that out. I forgot that okay. I, I forgot that I had crunched the numbers and he's the most hated. And it's not his fault, but with with the Bob, with the, you know, coming off the bench graduate guy, throwing some elbows, tall white dude, lanky dude. I mean, he just looks like Counterpoint. he looks like he fit he fits the bill. Not his fault. Counterpoint. Not your fault. He Wyatt. plays he plays for a team that scored twenty four points in a game. Like I think most people you just said his name and most people said, Who the hell is that? It's even more badass. So he's not on the radar. <laughs> He's I hate off, him so much I don't the, even know him. <laughs> he's off the brazen path. He's the he's the Reggie Ledoux of college basketball. You're not really just, sure how important he is, but but he sounds good. Um, I had another I had another fun story for you and and another backdropping story. We we brought this up before uh, when it happened when it was initially reported, but I just wanted to to follow up that New Mexico's former athletic director Paul Krebs was charged with five felonies on Wednesday. Um. I don't know if you remember the state. We we talked about it. I I do vividly remember. He basically spent like public funds on a golf trip to Scotland with yeah. his family and and some boosters and uh, Craig Neal, who used to be the coach at New Mexico. Um, so twenty five thousand dollars goes missing. It, it's a fascinating. Like I, I I don't want to recap the whole. I don't want to just like sit here and read an article to everyone. But the article is hysterical because it is. It, it's 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 what I aspire to do with my foundation. I, I really should stop saying that because people are going to take it seriously. It's going to start. But this, yeah, it really is hard. Uh, but th- this guy, like $25,000 basically goes missing. Uh, no one knows where it, it, it came it, it came from. Like, And then it gets reimbursed. No one knows where it went. No one knows where it came from. He's like covering his tracks. He gets his wife involved, tells her to cover the tracks. Anyway, he's charged with five felonies. Um I don't know, man. It was it's it's a great story. I just wanted to bring it up. Put it put a put a little bow on that story. We we did mention it earlier. Uh but it does have it does have a tangential relation to college basketball because Craig Neal was along for the ride. It had to do with New Mexico boosters. New Mexico is a basketball school. Once upon a time they had a good basketball program. They did beat the shit out of Nevada though this year. So Yeah, I was gonna maybe, say maybe, they, they, maybe had, they had they had a, yeah. yeah, they had a signature win and uh I mean 
going on golf trips uh, to Ireland with like public funds. I, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, think about the private funds that are funding all of those trips to go to mm. Ireland to play golf. So, I mean, you can only imagine what that looks like. It's not a good situation. Five felonies is, uh, you know, five too many. That's a lot for of most felonies. People. That's five. That's too a many. lot of felony. That's five too I many. Like, like my one, felony count of zero. <laughs> one's enough, uh, for most, <laughs> but five, five, five is something That's else. That's entirely so, too yeah. many felonies, sir. That's too many felonies, sir. You're, you're, you've outdone yourself. That's too many sir, felonies. Three, three is about one too many, and you're at Please. five. So uh, you are put you are overindulging down. in felonies. <laughs> <laughs> you were out of order, sir. Uh, um, well, that's that's tough for New Mexico. I hate to hear that. Is there any? I'm trying to think about like what else is going. I mean, your team won last night. Uh, the race is 69. Oh, we can Cincinnati. talk about this. We yeah, we got to talk, talk about, about Michigan that? State too. I've I've brought up Michigan State. We don't need to talk about my team winning last night, please. It's it's embarrassing. I'm, we killed Tony Carr. I don't I don't I never want to talk about an Ohio State Penn State basketball game for at least five more years. Like no, fuck all that. But um, the the most interesting part of the game was Robbie Hummel and Robbie Hummel's commentary because he did he did his darndest to make it an entertaining oh game. God. I think he I think he's taken I think he's taken your words to heart. He was talking about the mop crew. There's a lot of sweat on the floor. Uh-huh. I don't know what's going on with your with your school, but you got to get that sweat mopped up. We're, we're he was working hard about, out there, man. Yeah, well, he was the talking act- about the mop crew, making a bunch of jokes about that, which I really enjoyed. Um, which was, it might, it might be hot in Ohio. T- it might be cold. In o- <laughs> it might be cold in Ohio, but it's hot inside the Schottenstein Center. That's what that's what the sweat's about. My favorite Robbie part was uh there was there was a uh, one of the pivotal plays of the game was the ball goes out of bounds and there's one second left on the shot clock for Penn State. <laughs> And they and they go and review. Did you did you hear him say this? Uh, yes. They go with the tenth, they go with and the review a second. He's like he's like yeah, it could it, be like one point one, one point two. They're like, well, just be one or point uh, one. <laughs> he says, now remember, folks. Unlike the NBA, this just shows a one. So there could be anywhere from zero point one seconds left to one point nine seconds left. And then you see like his brain. He's like to <laughs> he's Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> You yeah, see all the calculus happening. in front of his face, and he's like, yeah, he's like, oh wait, damn it, wait, wait, wait." <laughs> oh god damn it, Robbie! And then, and then this motherfucker texts me last night. Like, I'm in bed, I'm about to fall asleep, and he texts me and wants to talk about the game. And I'm like, "Bitch, you came to Columbus and didn't even give me a heads up. Like, come on, that's poor form, Robbie. I'm calling you out. I know you don't listen to the podcast, so I know you're not actually going to hear this. Um, that's poor form." Poor form. If you're Rommel. if you're Robbie's friend and you do listen to the podcast, be sure to tell him that we did talk about him because uh, yeah, I think that I think that I think that's why he came to Columbus for this moment because he wanted to prove to you that he's having fun on the broadcast now, and that's what it felt like. Yeah. I could feel it oozing out of the television. I was like, man, Robbie's really trying to have a fun time tonight, which was uh, a lot mm-hmm. to do in that situation. Um, and then speaking of fun times, uh, Cincinnati. They get to 69, win the race, uh, beat Memphis, beat Penny, 69-64. And Rick Pitino sends them a nice congratulatory tweet this morning saying that he loves working out with the Cincinnati team this offseason and that he was really mm-hmm. impressed with the way that they've been playing lately. So those mm-hmm. are my two notes on college basketball from last night. Your team wins the race. Cincinnati wins the race. Robbie Hummel has a fun time. Rick Pitino is tweeting about how much he improved the Cincinnati basketball team. That's where I'm at. Those are all good things. Um. Uh, do, do you want to talk about Michigan State for five seconds? Yes. Because yes. I made Tom Izzo my good guy of the week two weeks in a row. He's gunning for the third week. Uh, since our last podcast, they lost their third straight. They lost at Illinois. They had 17 turnovers in the first half. They had 24 turnovers by the end of the game. Cassius Winston had seven in the first half, nine by the end of the game. Um, I don't know, Tate. Are, are we? Are are you out and done on Michigan State? Are you neither? Where where do where do you stand with Michigan State right now? The wheels have fallen off. Uh, it felt like 
uh, I wouldn't even say it felt like. I would say it, it, it very clearly was a situation of Michigan versus Michigan State for the Big Ten title as recently as two weeks ago was what yeah. everyone was saying, uh, a yeah. week and a half ago. Um, now Michigan State has lost three in a row. I don't even, like I don't I don't even know how far back you'd have to go to, to count. I mean the national title I guess of Michigan's last three that they've lost. Um, so Michigan's clearly playing better than Michigan State. The wheels have fallen off. Uh, your thoughts on Michigan State? Quickly, and then I want to hear your thoughts because you are in Big Ten world, so you know really what's going on up there, and you're obviously you got the Izzo thing going on. But I will say this: uh, Michigan State, I believed in them because I thought Josh Langford. This was all a ploy. So as soon as Langford went down and there was no ploy and the fact that he is actually hurt, I am now, uh, I, I am removing my, I am out and I, I think I'm done. I think I'm out Ooh. and I'm done. Oh, Michigan Both. State, that's a, that's a one, two for me. I, those are the, it takes two and the two that I have are uh, no and no, because without Josh Langford, I don't think they have enough. And uh, so, yeah, Sparty, I, I think I'm moving on. I think they've had a good run. I think that, you know, without Langford, without the full lineup, I just don't trust them to make uh, a legit run for the Big Ten to win a title. And that's what the point of this year is. This is the Big Ten year to win a title. And from your vantage point, Mark Titus, do you believe that Michigan State can still win a title? Because I'm intrigued uh, to see what you think. I think I think they should literally forfeit a couple games. I think they need <laughs> rest. I think their I think their team is gassed. They should just forfeit two games. They should concede the Big Ten title and just rest. Um, I'm calling it right now. They are they are. This is a team that is going to lose. It, it, put it this way: if they lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament, I will be back to believing that they have a shot in the NCAA tournament. Um, if they if they go on a little run in the Big Ten tournament, which I'm really worried that they're going to do because they're going to think that they're they're slipping right now and they need to to win the Big Ten tournament to improve their seeding. Um, they're probably not going to win the regular season Big Ten, so now they're going to try to win a trophy in some capacity. So I'm worried that they're going to try really hard in the Big Ten tournament, and they definitely should not do that. They should just forfeit the Big Ten tournament. They should probably forfeit a couple regular season games and just rest up. Uh, this team looks completely gassed to me. Um, Cassius Winston's throwing the ball all over the gym. He's turning it over like crazy. I mean, even like Matt McQuaid looks tired. Like this is a guy like you can tell he's tired because he's not making threes and he's not falling down as much. That's like the two things that he does in every game. And and you watch Michigan State, you almost don't even notice that Matt McQuaid's out there. And that's like that's not Matt McQuaid. Matt McQuaid doing Matt McQuaid things means this man is falling over a lot and he's on the ground. He's diving for loose balls. He's tripping over his own feet. You, you just notice them out there, and you don't really notice them anymore. That's a bummer. They, they just look gassed. That's the only way I can explain it. I mean, Nick Ward has looked gassed his whole career, but uh, <laughs> yeah. now, the whole, now the whole team <laughs> now the whole team is right there with them. Um, I mean, like, yeah, it's 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 a, they're not like purposely setting illegal screens, like is is a Michigan State tradition of guys, uh, you know, a guy cur- like Matt McQuaid curling around a screen and then. We need to see Xavier Tillman just like stick his elbows out and like hip check a guy at the same time. They're just getting lazy and and they they feel tired and I think they should just take some games off and just forfeit. Why not? It happens in the NBA, right? Like you just rest guys and say we're just going to throw this game. Why don't you do that in college? Play the walk-ons yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah. And we and we laud, uh, you know, Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr when they do those things. So what what would happen yeah, if Izzo yeah. did that and brought it down to college basketball? Do you think people would be really excited about that or they would go crazy because I'm we worried. Both know yeah, that they it, would lose their minds. Right. I'm worried though that they're not going to do that um, because Kenny Goins had this quote uh, the other day. Maybe it was yesterday. I I didn't write down the date that he said it, but I did write this quote down. He said, 
You either nut up or shut up right now. It's time for guys to step up. It's all heart and balls right now. <laughs> all right, so, Kenny. Kenny is trying to see his teammates' heart and their balls, and um, if you don't have both, you can get the hell out, according to Kenny Goins, who I actually do like. Kenny Goins is playing well. Um, I, I This feels like something Kenny Goins has the right to say because if you've been watching Michigan State, he does play with heart and balls, and he yep. – He's, he's, been, big shots he's been really too. fun to watch. And his whole career arc has been fun. So um I'm all about him saying that. It's just funny to hear a guy say it. Especially like a college player to be like, We need some heart and balls. <laughs> Cause they're they're usually not great interviews. Um all right, what but else we got before that's high, that? That's high comedy. Uh quickly I wanted to just point out uh all of the uh the trade deadline stuff that was going on. I mean, we this is a college basketball podcast, but you know, we keep up with former college basketball players that are all getting traded. And uh, I saw like a super cut from PTI as I did uh, the the greatest trades before the trade deadline. And I mean, the best trade that happened was basically uh, the Rashid Wallace trade in 2004. And so I, we heard, you know, it was like Tony and Will Bond, they're going back and forth. And Tony's like, basically, I don't think Rashid Wallace can win with any team. And the only way that he could possibly win with any team is that he's going with Joe Dumars and Larry Brown. And Larry Brown is a class individual. And Larry, you know, has the Carolina connection with him. And Larry and Rashid could possibly put this thing together. But I just don't see it. I don't I, I don't know how that works. But I do know that college Guys that played at the same college as being on the same team in the NBA, I know that does work. And I just started laughing to myself because in 2004, that was how we talked about things. When's the last time you've heard someone say, you know, I know Rodney Hood being on the team with Gary Trent Jr., you know I mean? That's going to be really good for those two Duke guys to be in the Mm. same building together you know mm-hmm. what i mean it just it felt like a very lost art form for uh for the world of like talking about team building and putting these teams together especially in the nba um and then i saw trades with like nick scout nick stouskis got traded like 15 times uh the other day and uh and then was you know, cut just, right and then like and, and he ended up in the pacers and then it was cut <laughs> Yeah, Poor and guy. I just like I'm just like seeing all these names of these guys that you remember from big programs or that have been somewhere or were in a pivotal like even Stanley Johnson was getting traded around like he was nothing, you know what I mean? And I was like, I remember when Stanley Johnson was going to Arizona and he was this big well, five star and everyone thought he was Harrison Barnes and yada yada yada. And then Harrison Barnes gets traded for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson, you know what I mean? After signing mm-hmm. a ninety million dollar contract, now he's getting traded and shipped out to to Sacramento. So just watching all the trade deadline stuff in the NBA just it kind of denotes the value of a lot of these guys. And and I don't know if you're like playing college basketball nowadays, why would you want to go put yourself? Why, why would you just stay an extra year? Why would you want to go to the NBA? <laughs> why would you? Yeah. Why would you want to go do that? I don't, I don't know. I just, it, it was, a, it was almost a deflating experience for me to watch, you know, all these people get, get thrown it. around and, and passed around for nothing. But uh, I mean, I guess millions of dollars will make up for that. But, uh, you know, I was with your boy LeBron. We got to call a spade a spade, and uh, that's that's where I'm at with the trade deadline. I don't know how. I mean, I watched three hours of the jump yesterday, and nothing happened. So uh, <laughs> it was a lot of it was a lot of talk for nothing. But uh, I don't get it, talk, Zion. Zion, all, why all are my, you going to the NBA? <laughs> yeah, Zion, what are you doing? Like, just play some college basketball. You don't want to get traded around like a rag doll. You don't want to do that. Just uh, here's the good news, though. Just if stay in Durham. If you're a good if you're a good college basketball player, you will always have a home in Sacramento because uh, our boy Vlade Divac is, is just stockpiling these guys. He you you mentioned it. He sends out Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph to college. Uh, you know Justin Jackson obviously won a title, uh, first team All American. Zach Randolph had a great season at Michigan State when he was there. Um, sends those guys out there, and you're like, oh shit! Now we're worried. Is is he giving up on the college model? No. 
He brings in Harrison Barnes. <laughs> he, br- he brings in Harrison Barnes, who was also an All-American, who was the number, a former number one recruit. Um, and then he trades Scal, who has yep. blue blood in him, Kentucky yes. guy. Yes. Trades him away, and you're like, oh no, is it happening again? Is this is are the dominoes about to fall? And no, he brings in Big Ten Player of the Year and All American, first team All American Caleb Swanigan Tate. I love this man. And so here, I, here's where we stand. Vlad, I, here, Vlad my, on top of it. From my research, here's where we stand with uh, the Kings roster. They have five first team All Americans on their roster: Buddy Hield, who is National Player of the Year; Frank Mason, yep. who is National Player of the Year; Marvin Bagley, Caleb Swanigan, Willie Cauley Stein. So you have five first-team All-Americans. You have Harrison Barnes, who was a second-team All-American, uh, but all, was also a number one recruit. And then you have like the rest of the group are all guys that like played at Blue Bloods, basically. Harry Giles, former number one recruit. De'Aaron Fox played at Kentucky. Winion Gabriel at Kentucky. Yogi Ferrell and Troy Williams at Indiana. Um, and then that leaves three guys. One is Costa Kufus. Costa Kufus, yes. who many people have said that Ohio State might be a Blue Blood. So add him to the Blue Blood <laughs> list. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Also... He won the National Invitational Tournament, which is technically a national championship. So yes. kind of a college legend there. And then we have two Serbians, <laughs> which is so perfect as well. And which then, is Vlad, and then, uh, that's Vladi's blue blood. Those are Vladi's blue bloods. Those are and red the only bloods. guy that the only guy that doesn't fit into the Serbian slash blue blood model is Alec Burks, who's uh who played at Colorado and is now on the Kings after the trade deadline, all that kind of stuff. So um anyway. That's where we but, arrived. It's like all college legends, all blue bloods, all highly recruited guys and Serbians is, is the Sacramento <laughs> Kings. It's amazing. They're they're definitely winning the national championship this year. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> but you you and you've almost even doubted the fact that Jeff Bedzelik was the coach for Alec Burtz at Colorado and Bedzelik went to Wake Forest. And Wake Forest is close enough in the ACC to other blue bloods. So it's yeah, like, geographically, he's he, he, he is, he is a tangential geographic blue blood. Oh, shit. They have, I forgot. They I f- have gerrymandered him in. So that's where we're at. I forgot about this, too, dude. Uh, I saw I, I just I just remembered this. I, I'm pretty sure they're about to sign Corey Brewer to a 10 day. <laughs> Corey Brewer, who was a McDonald's All-American five star who won two national, national titles and was yeah. and was the most outstanding player. And for one of them. It's unbelievable. God bless you, Vladdy. He knows the way to my heart. The Kings are might be my favorite team in, in the NBA. I think they and have to be at this point. I think I should just you're, be a Kings fan outwardly. You should you should you should move to Sacramento and just live. You'll be like Lady Bird, Lady Titus. You just live you live up you live in Sacramento. You find yourself, you become a huge Kings fan. You're at all the games. Uh, that would be great. That'd be great for the city of that'd be great for the capital city of our of our great state of California. Why don't they, why don't they just take it to to take it to the next level? Like hire Tony Bennett as coach, run the pack line yeah. defense, <laughs> milk the clock on offense, just just play college basketball in the NBA and and make it work. And then you and I can high five and be like, Yeah, we told you guys that college is just as good as that. The thing is, like, they would probably own the regular season if they did that. If they just played yeah, defense, yeah, right. like, they'd win 60 games a year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I want to give a few other shout-outs. Number one, I want to shout-out Gonzaga. I don't know if you're paying attention to what Gonzaga's doing, folks, but you should be. Gonzaga is absolutely wiping the floor with everybody. They have won, since losing at North Carolina, Tate, they have won their last 13 games, all of them, Um which isn't that impressive, I suppose, because they are at a shitty conference. But they've won by an average of about 34 points a game since losing to Carolina. That is impressive. Uh, so I know you can make the jokes about Gonzaga, Gonzaga's schedule, what have you. First of all, they played a great non-conference schedule, so I don't know what else you want them to do. Secondly, 
it is true that the teams in their conference aren't that great, but at least they're beating the shit out of them, Tate. And it's not like they're squeaking by and winning these games by six or, you know, it's not like they're trailing at any point in any of these games. They're just beating the shit out of everybody they're playing. Uh, but Killian Tilly just sprained his foot last night against San Francisco. So that sucks. Oh, that's something that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, I think I was I yeah, was talking about sucks. Gonzaga the other day, and I would say this: uh, the thing that inspires me about them is that they are very similar to the 2017 team, except for instead of Karnowski being the guy, the centerpiece guy, the face of their program, the guy that they're running everything to on offense, the person that they're doing that through is Rui Hachimura, and Hachimura is one of the best players in the country, and he can do a lot of different things, and he doesn't clog up the lane. And he's not going to But is he get, the best player know. on his own team, Tate? <laughs> <laughs> is it I Josh Perkins? Is it Zach Norvell? Is it Brandon Clark? I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brandon Clark is the Zach Collins role this time around. But I, I do think mm-hmm. Gonzaga, I think that they are built for it. And uh, I watched them beat Santa Clara 94 to 39 or whatever it ended up being. And then I saw the other night Santa Clara beat Pepperdine. So it's like, you know, the, the, the transitive property there is like Gonzaga is that much, but they're like three different levels above every single. Gonzaga you know, is other better team. than Pepperdine. Yeah. Yes, that is true. That is what we're learning. That is the transit. Uh, but but um, they, they, they could beat them. They could beat anybody in their conference by 50 points. And that says something. So uh, I got my beat, Gonzaga out here on the West Coast. They beat San Francisco by 30 last night. San Francisco is was at the time second in the WCC and they just beat them by 30. Uh, so, Yeah. Good job, Gonzaga. Yeah. We, I, I think, I think they might actually have a path to a one seed. I, I know I said a couple weeks ago, like I don't think they can do it. I still think they need a lot of help. I think Virginia and Duke are almost locks at this point, assuming that they. I mean, I, for me, like Virginia and Duke are going to be locks if they continue on the path that they're on. Even if they beat each other, like Virginia plays Duke uh, Saturday, we get the rematch. Um, yeah. I think they can both afford to lose a few because the ACC is just so strong that. If both those teams have like four losses going into the tournament, I think they'll both still be one seeds or five losses, even whatever it may be. I think they'll, I think those guys are basically locks. I think whoever survives Tennessee, Kentucky is going to be a lock. Whoever wins the SEC there, again, assuming you're not losing to Vanderbilt by 20 or something. Um, yep. So, but, 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 so like Gonzaga's going to have to sneak in through one of those. You're going to have to have something happen in the SEC where one of those teams slips out, but, uh, I don't know. Michigan State falling off certainly helps because I don't think the Big Ten champion is is guaranteed to, especially with Michigan losing. I don't know. I'm talking too much. I'm, we're we're fleshing out too many hypotheticals here. That's not what we do on the show. We talk about what did happen. We're not. We don't talk about what's going to happen. Um, or we speculate about Pac- what could happen, not not what's yeah. going to happen. What could happen? There you go. Uh, you want to give a Pac-12 update? You mentioned it. You're on the West Coast. Just very quickly, Tate. Pac-12 update. Washington is ten and zero. Do you believe in Washington? <laughs> Um, sure. They're ten and zero in the Pac-12. <laughs> uh, we, I wanted to give a Pac-12 update because I promised our, our our buddy Zach Schwartz, an Arizona State grad, he texted me last night and he said, "Please bring up Bobby Hurley on the next show." Uh, Arizona State lost at home last night by twenty-one to Washington State. Uh, if, if you think Washington State is bad, folks, you're right. Uh, they, they are worse than what you think, though. This is a very very bad team. This is a team that going into last night's game at Arizona State, Tate, they had won one game in seven weeks. And the one game that they won was at home against Cal, who might be the worst Pac-12 team of all time. Of all time. That was yeah. the only Wyking game. King Jones of, is really making history yeah. out there. Yep. Washington State, uh, in fact, that game against Cal, I looked this up, their attendance for that game was 2,000 people. <laughs> Washington State had a game in November against Delaware State where they had 1,203 people in attendance. And this team just went on the road to Arizona State and beat Arizona State by 21. 
So I just wanted to bring that up. Shout out to the Hurleys. Uh, zero career Sweet 16s as head coaches. Love you guys. Thank you so much for what you do for college basketball. I mean, those two guys, they're going to be battling each other out for who gets thrown out more of games. And that is that is what brothers are for. It's a sibling rivalry. I just, I wish there was some world in which that they could be in the same state. Like, I wish that we could have Dan at Arizona and Bobby at Arizona State. Or they just go some other state and they get to play against each other. Because the rivalry between those two guys and the fact that they will do anything to win, including taking a charge, including running on the court, including pop, probably throwing a chair at some point. Uh, we need all that. We need more Hurley because I didn't even see this. I heard that he got uh, a technical in this game and it was a whole moment. But I mean, even on the West Coast, it's hard to watch Washington State mm-hmm. play Arizona State. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm keeping my eyes peeled on all things Washington because 10 and 0 is worth talking about. But uh, Washington 10 and 0 is worth talking is about. Not, They've, yeah. They just won. They won at Arizona. They don't have to go to UCLA. So, uh, you know, historically, historically, the hardest games for Washington were probably. The mountain trip, which is we've you know we've talked about it before. You go play back to back at Utah and Colorado in altitude. They've already they've already swept that trip. Um, they already won at Oregon State, who is second in the Pac-12 standings right now. They went on the road and beat Oregon State, and they just won at Arizona, which is traditionally one of probably the hardest place to play in the Pac-12. I know they suck, but they just won on Thursday. So yeah, Washington, you have my attention. I'm almost I'm almost ready to commit to watching my first Washington game since the Auburn loss. Uh, I watched them lose to Auburn this year, and I haven't watched since. Um, I think I might be ready to to jump back in, Washington fans. So get excited for that. I'm I'm ready to jump back on the bandwagon. Get uh, your gift cards right. out. Any- it's about time. Anything else before we go? Oh, real quick, Lamine Janae. We finally got the pronunciation right. Getting some real buzz. I just want to say we were here first. Well, I was here first. That's it. <laughs> That's it for you me. You were there. You were we, there, Kyle. You discovered it. But who said it first? That's right. I may have. I may have. You did. He was the original Kyle's guy, right? Yeah. Or at least for this yes, season. I think so. Yeah. Torn Dorn was the original. Yeah, but yeah. uh Lame, Lamani Diani. Lamine Janae uh, is how you say it now. Original. I looked up the pronunciation guide. Also, Are you going to remember in a week though? Yes. No, I got a couple of tweets from I don't, I don't know, Cal State kids. I don't know. Uh, nice. <laughs> nice. Kyle is going to be the mascot at Cal State uh very, very soon. They're gonna call it Cal State. Tate's gonna drop me out there one day. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll drop you off. We'll go to the Fernando Valley for sure. <laughs> and we've come full circle. Um, all right, that's the show. That's it. Moses is laying right here. Should we do it? Do Should we it. try it? Come Just on, for Moses. fun. Do it, it is casual on, Friday. Moses. We could do it, Moses. Moses, can you speak for the people? Can you speak? Speak. He, he's, he's, he's looking like he's going to, actually. I'm not even kidding. Moses, speak. Speak. Come on, Moses. Speak. Come on, Moses. God damn it. He's too lazy. Damn it. He, I swear to God, he looks like he wants to. <laughs> he's, next too, time. He's, he's too lazy. Love I'm, him. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm scared I'm going to be accused of uh, uh, someone out there probably thinks that I'm just like sitting in an empty room. Just, like, talking <laughs> you have no talking dog. at the wall. <laughs> I have no dog. My dog died in 2001. And I just, like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's uh, not the case. I, I swear he's sitting right here. He's looking at me. He's he's. He's got the look in his eye like he's about to bark, and he's just not going to do it. So that we'll, we'll we'll get there. Um, until then, see you guys on Tuesday. We'll be back next week. Uh, check out a lot of great college basketball. Duke plays at Virginia on Saturday. Villanova's at Marquette on Saturday. Wisconsin's at Michigan on Saturday. Um, on down the line, we have we have the Ohio State IU game, the Titus Bowl. Tate, the, uh, the, dare I say, it might be a loser leaves town match. Oh, uh, I can't on Sunday wait. At Assembly Hall, keep, yeah, so. I can't wait. We'll face a lot of stuff to watch. Together. 
A lot of stuff to watch. <laughs> NFL football is over, folks. This is it is March Madness almost, even though it is early February. So start watching these games and come join us next week, and we will talk more about them. Until then, peace. peace.